I'm going to carry on through the book of Colossians, Colossians 3, 18, right through to 4, verse 1. And we're going to actually drop in a really bad word here in church. Uh, so I don't offend you, we're going to do it right at the end. So hopefully you'll stay longer and then we'll do the bad word. <laughs> And it's actually, it's worse than the F-bomb, so just prepare yourselves, alright? Let's read the passage. And to some extent these are about, this is about three relationships. Marital, parental, employment. Uh, But we'll come to that. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. (coughs) Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you, and to curry their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. And Lord, as we look at this, pray you'd speak to us today. Amen. Let's stand up, please. Before you sit down, you're going to talk about two things. One, the best boss you've ever had. And two, the worst boss you've ever had and why. I want to say this. God is better than the best boss that you have ever had. But he is still your boss. He is still your master. The the original word is kurios. If you are his. God's better than the best boss you have ever had. But if you are his, he is still your boss. He is still your master. Kurios. It's not a relationship of two equals. He is master. He is Lord. Now, and I know you will refer me to uh, John 15, verse 15. I now call you my friends, Jesus said to his disciples. Because everything I've learned from God, I have and will divulge to you. See, in a way that a a master would, would not do to his slaves. A slave driver does not explain things. He just barks out orders. But, but God is not that. God explains things to us. He talks to us. He communicates. But he is still our curios. He is still our Lord, our master. If you allow him to be. And if you do not acknowledge God as, as your Lord of your life, or as the boss, the rest doesn't fit either. Those other things does not do not work. Relationships will struggle if you do not make God Lord. If you do not make Christ Lord, those other things will really struggle. And uh, deep down underneath these three relationships, marital, parental, employment, is something way, way deeper. It's about the Lordship of 
Christ. The Lordship of Christ. Lord, or its derivatives, appear in this little passage eight times. Eight times. In English, the last two are changed to Master, 4 verse 1. Masters, know that you have a Master in Heaven. Curios is the word. Know that you have a Curios also in Heaven. In a rangatira, e mohio ana hoki koutou, he rangatira to koutou keiterangi. So we're going to look at this in terms uh, as we begin of our spiritual relationship to the Lord and the effects that it has on human relationships. We're going to use three body parts. The first one is hearts, uh, ngā ngāko. Hearts, verse 22 and 23 and 4.1. Particularly verse 23. It says this, Whatever you do, do with all your heart as if working for the Lord. Ko ngā mea katoa e mea ai koutou mahia e ngā koutia hei mea ki te āriki e hara i te mea ki ngā tangata. Whatever you do, do with all your heart as if working for the Lord. If you take that to heart, that will revolutionize the way you look at everything, the way you work at everything. Because you're not doing it for the boss. It's not that uh, I don't, you know, that, that maybe you don't even like, or a client you're annoyed with, or, or jealous of, or, or whatever, or a spouse who does not deserve it. You are doing it for the Lord. Whatever you do, do with all your heart as if working for the Lord. I'm doing this for my Christ, my, my, my Saviour, my Lord. And my academic career is littered with B's and C's. And I'll tell you why. Uh, an academic averageness and um, extreme laziness and also uh, a very good exam technique. And... <laughs> Quite early in life, I worked out I could pass with, with quite limited effort if I did well in exams, and I, and I did. And uh, for instance, at, at Victoria University in the mid 80s, it was well known that the easiest paper to pass out of any was Anthropology 104. And um, so I took Anthropology 104. In fact, I organised um, one of my years, I organised my programme so. I had a three-day weekend. I would not take any papers on Friday. And Anthropology 104, I, I took because I knew it was easy. There was a clash. didn't matter. Uh, I could only go to two out of three lectures. didn't matter. And then at the exam, I turned up and there was all these people I had never seen. They must be lazier than me. It's an incredible uh, moment to see Wellington's most lazy tertiary students all together. Here we are, all in one room. And uh, and then I read something in the Bible that that changed that changed me. Uh, I came to faith at the age of eighteen. In um, my second or third year at uni, I read this Proverbs eighteen verse nine. One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. And as I meditated on that scripture, 
I thought to myself, I'm going to get out of this institution one of these days, and people are going to expect that I've actually learnt something, and I know something, and if I don't, it's like, uh, I'm similar to someone who, who's destructive. I don't want to do that. Sometimes people ask, um, you know, as we said setting up on Saturday, oh, do you think we'll get away without vacuuming? And I say, ah, oh, now let's give it a vacuum, eh? Because we're actually not trying to get away with anything. We are preparing for the holy assembly of God's people. Te hungatapu. The, the people of God. The ones that He loves. His beloved. His chosen ones. His bride. We're not trying to get away with anything. We're getting ready for te hungatapu. The sacred assembly. His bride. And so, the question is this. Is your heart for the Lord and for His people? Is your heart for the Lord and His bride? Heart. This first thing. Second thing, eyes. Verse 22. Slaves, obey your master, not just when their eye is on you, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Engari, heirungi te ngākau tapatahi, me te wehi anō ki Slaves, obey your master, not just when your eye is on you, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. In the original language, it's literally eye service, in the way that we say lip service. Eye service. I service. So it's not just for human eyes, but for divine eyes, Jesus' eyes. You know, it's easy to do things for for eye service so that people see. A couple of years back, I was down at the skate park. We were having a youth training event, and uh, Shah was coming to pick me up um, soon. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll vacuum. Everyone was there. I'll just vacuum while I'm waiting. She came and being a few people said, oh, that's really good of you to do the vacuuming. Shah said, uh, very encouraging, uh, why don't you vacuum at home? <laughs> I said, well, no one sees me at home. <laughs> you know, we have, we have some eyes that we want to please. Hey, we have some eyes that we want to please. And often those eyes are the eyes of our mates. We want to please our mates, the eyes of our mates. 1 Kings chapter 12. The first king of Israel was who? Starts with S. Saul. Second king was David. Third was another S. Solomon. And the fourth was, this is a hard one, starts with R. Rehoboam. We know very, you know, very few of us will, will know that name. Hard to remember, Rehoboam. And the main reason is he made a mess of the kingship and a mess of the kingdom. Here's how Solomon had been really hard on the people, demanded a lot, huge amount of work, taxes to build the beautiful temple and his palace, great wealth, extravagance of his kingdom. At the, at the end of his, his reign, the northern people. Of the, of the nation came down and they asked, they said do this, can you ease off a bit from the financial and human resource demands it's been huge on our people ease off 
And Rehoboam, he consulted two groups. He consulted elders and he consulted his mates, his friends, those that had grown up with him. And the elders said this. After three days, the elders said, yes, concede to their demands, ease off, take the burden off them, serve them, and they will serve you forever. But Rehoboam's friend says, no, don't do that. You show them who's boss. You say this, say, uh, my little finger is thicker than the waist of my father. And guess who Rehoboam listened to? His mates. You know, whose eyes are we doing things for? Whose eyes are we doing things for? Are we doing them for the Lord's eyes? Or our mates' eyes? Hearts, eyes. Last one, knees. Knees is about kneeling in honour, in submission. This is where you got to cover your ears. And we hate that word. We prefer the F-bomb. But here it is. Submit. <laughs> Submit. While I'm at it, we're going to throw it out some more. The S-bomb. Submit to church leaders. Hebrews 13 verse 17. Submit to church leaders. While I'm there, submit to authorities of all types. 1 Peter 2, 13 and 14. 1 Peter 5, submit, younger ones, submit to your elders. 1 Peter 5, verse 5. On a roll, submit to Timothy 3, 16. Submit to the word of God. Not the exact words, but the principle is there. Submit to the word of God. And here, verse 18, wives, submit to your husbands. Big issue for Kiwis. We hate that word. We prefer the F-bomb to the S-bomb. Submit, submit, submit. There it is. Submit. We hate it. We idolize the maverick, the rebel, the edgy person. We say things like, you know, uh, I love the Lord. I just tend to cut my own path. I make my own rules. I'm a bit of a James Dean. I'm a bit of a rebel. Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourselves. Don't pretend if you lack submission in your life that you still have a full-on love for the Lord. Don't kid yourselves. You know, other, other cultures do submission way better. If you've traveled, if you've lived in other places, they get it. We lived in uh, Africa. There's two brothers, half-brothers, and the younger one, slightly younger, as his brother said anything, he would do it because he was the tainer. He was a younger brother. That was his place. My, one of my brothers is a ski instructor. He was instructing in Japan one time. Woke up early in the morning and there were some of his Kiwi mates way out on the mountain. There were the flags. There was where you could ski and there were the Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> Zigzagging down the slope and you do not do that in Japan. You do as you're told in Japan. And some of us, we, what we might need to do with this word today is go home and pray and maybe even fast about this, this S-bomb. Because if we cannot get ourselves to submit, 
in different relationships. You know, have we really submitted to the Lord? Have we really submitted our hearts, our knees, our eyes to His eyes, to the Lord's? And we can give the impression, we can give the impression that, you know, we, we're submissive to the Lord. We can do things that look like it, but we know. Are we really submitted to the Lord? A missionary in Asia was telling me about a, a family on a motorbike, and there were four of them on the motorbike, mum, dad, and two kids. And, and one of the parents was repeatedly was a moped, uh, repeatedly telling one of the children to sit down. It was dangerous to stand up while the motorbike was driving. And, uh, but they wouldn't. They kept standing up. And in the end, the child sat down, and the parent praised the child. And the child said, yes, but in my heart, I'm standing up. <laughs> in our hearts... Are we standing up or have we not in submission to the law? It's not, it's not one-sided, those three relationships. You know, mar- uh, marital, parental, uh, employment. Ephesians 5.21 says this. Uh, it's a great passage which compares Christian marriages to Christ and the church. But it starts this, Ephesians 5.21. Submit yourselves to one another. Submit yourselves to one another. It's reciprocal relationships of service and respect born out of reverence to God. It's reciprocal, but it's not identical. Really important. Reciprocal, but not identical. Husbands are told, love your wives. Verse 19. You know, how do your wives, husbands, how do your wives most feel loved. You might have to ask them, might have to find out. Fathers are told not to embitter their children. Other places in scripture we're told to train up our children. You know, it's way easier to boss the kids around, isn't it? Than to train them. Notice that? Uh, And for me, what I find is that um, I actually need time to train my children. It's way easier to just bark out orders, but to teach them to do things properly, to teach them proper behavior and to, to keep at it, that, that actually takes time. Some of us might need to cut out some other things of this very important task of uh, training up our children. Make time. And when we train them well, it gives our children heart. It encourages, encourages them. When we constantly nag, verse 21, they lose heart. Employers are to give what is right and fair. Heard this lovely thing last week about an employer. And uh, this person had talked to someone that had left the company. And they said this about the employer. He said, said this, they always treated their staff with the utmost dignity. They always treated their staff with the utmost dignity. A beautiful thing. And I, I believe it's because that employer, I know him, has bowed his knee to the Lord. And that that ripples out. That ripples out. Three body parts. Hearts for the Lord. Eye for his eyes. Knee. Bow in submission to the Lord. I want to finish with a poem. 
by a man by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a German pastor and uh, incredible theologian, eventually killed in Adolf, by Adolf Hitler just before the end of the Second World War, 1945. 1945 by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's called Who Am I? Who am I? They often tell me I stepped from my cell's confinement calmly, cheerfully, firmly, like a squire from his country house. Who am I? They often tell me I used to speak to my warders freely and friendly and clearly as though it were mine to command. Who am I? They often Tell me, I bore the days of misfortune equably, smiling, proudly, like one accustomed to win. And then, really, that which other men tell of. Or am I only what I myself know of myself, restless and longing and sick? like a bird in a cage, struggling for breath, as though hands were compressing my throat, yearning for colours, for flowers, for the voices of birds, thirsting for words of kindness, for neighbourliness, tossing in expectations of great events, powerlessly trembling for friends, at an infinite distance, weary, empty, at praying, at thinking, at making, faint, and ready to say farewell to it all. Who am I? This or the other? Am I one person today and tomorrow another? Am I both at once a hypocrite before others and before myself a contemptible, woebegone, weakling? Or is it something within me still like a beaten army, fleeing in disorder from victory already achieved? Who am I? They mock me, these lonely questions of mine. Whoever I am, thou knowest, O God, I am thine. I am Let's let's shut our eyes. Maybe if we can have the worship team back, please. Um, That'd be great. Let's have a time of meditation for a couple of minutes. Just look into your own heart. Think about your own eyes. Wonder about your own knees. Are they knees that submit? To the Lord, does your heart, your heart submitted to the Lord? Whose eyes do you really care about? And we're going to let you pray your own prayer. Do you need to uh, to pray a, a prayer of submission? say my heart is yours Lord I do actually bow my knee that will that will that will ripple out 
as we finish off, as we um, sing one more song, people here will love to pray for you. Can our prayers come up now? Just lurk around here. and People love to pray for you about anything about today, anything else, health, things, whatever. So Sean and our other prayers, can you come up please? It would be great. Let's stand up, eh?